Amen. Amen. Let's get ready indeed. It is Easter Sunday here at Walk Church, and I just want to thank you, you and your family, for logging on with us, for for joining us, for leaning in, for watching, and for being a part of our Easter services. This is a big deal for us. This is the Super Bowl of the year for us. This is the day that Jesus rose from the grave, and we're excited about that if you haven't felt that already. I want to thank my lovely wife for leading us into this time, and I just want to take a moment right now to lead us in a time of generosity. One of our core values here at Walk Church is generous living. We're a generous church. We believe generosity shapes the decisions that we make. Generosity is modeled by God. He gave his son, and his son gave his spirit, and his spirit gives us life. And so we're a generous church, and I just want to encourage you right here on the, off the bat that I know that we're in uncertain and difficult times, and if you're not able to give during this time, we, we understand that, and we want to be sensitive to that. And for those who are able to continue to be generous and to continue to give, uh, we have four different ways for you to do that. Uh, the first one is online. You can just go to walkchurch.com, hit the online giving tab. That'll be a simple way for you to do that. Another way is an email and drop-off. You can email our executive pastor, at Mike, at walkchurch.com, Pastor Mike. And you can set up a time where he can come out and you won't even have to get out of your car. It could be a curbside drop-off of your tithe and offering. There's been a few people that have done that over the past couple of weeks. Um, another way you can give is through texting to give. You can see the number on the screen as well as using our Walk Church app. That's the way that my wife and I uh, give reoccurring through our tithes and offerings. And just want to give you an opportunity to do that. You don't have to do that right now, but if you want to, you can. Or at some point, we just really believe in the generosity of the local church. We've been meeting needs in our city. We want to continue to do that. And if you have a specific coronavirus need, um, you can go to our we uh, website and there's a tab right there on the front that says Corona Relief. And we want to help in whatever ways that we can to help meet those needs. Well, we're going to jump right into the word right now for this Easter sermon today. We've been in a series called The King is Among Us. And he, he really is among us that Jesus Christ is among us and he is risen, that we saw Jesus coming into the garden, praying for his disciples, praying for us, and praying that the Lord's will would be done in his life, even on the toughest night of his life. Last week, we saw Jesus go ahead and ride into Jerusalem for the last time on a donkey, right? He came in humbly bringing peace, but today on Easter Sunday, we see Jesus alive and in full effect, he is risen. And we need him to be risen, especially in these days that seem so chaotic, uncertain, and even confusing. One thing that's been so frustrating for me, if I can just be honest, has been all the cancellations. Right On, on April 1st, the New York Times published an article that was titled, A List of What's Been Canceled Because of the Coronavirus. What headed off the list was the subject, sports. Here's all the sports that up to this point have been canceled according to the times. The first one was the Olympic Games. The Olympic Games? Wow. The NBA, a personal favorite of mine as a basketball player. March Madness has turned into March Sadness, and we are feeling the effects of that. Uh, the Kentucky Derby has been canceled. NASCAR has been canceled canceled. The Indy 500 has been canceled. Major League Soccer has been canceled. 
The National Hockey League, our Golden Knights in here in Vegas, have been canceled. The MLB, the Major League Baseball, has been canceled. Wimbledon, the French Open, has been canceled. The list went on to cultural events, Broadway shows, museums, and arts, and galas, and festivals, and concerts, and tours have all been canceled. The Eurovision Song Contest has been canceled. St. Patrick's Day Parade in Ireland is canceled. Disneyland's canceled. The rodeos are canceled. Coachella is canceled. ABC's show The View has been canceled. Then the article took us into political gatherings. Conferences have been canceled. Universities have been canceled. Schools from all ages and grades have been canceled or moved to online. We've felt the effects of this here at Walk Church as public worship services for us have been canceled. Easter publicly have been canceled, but we are still here meeting online, amen? We are here together right now in this moment worshiping, but in such a short amount of time, all of these cancellations, I'm sure that in some way or another, you have felt the effects of the day that we're living in. But I'm gonna make a statement right now, and it may be a little thought-provoking in the moment, but coronavirus isn't the only thing that has experienced cancellation. Uh, Jesus Christ himself has canceled things as well. That our Lord and our Savior is also in the business of cancellation that the New Testament and the Bible would accredit much cancellation to the Savior and his work on Easter weekend. And so that's what we're going to look at here in just a few minutes. We're going to look at the Savior and the cancellations that he brings because of Easter weekend. Would you pray with me? Father, we pray right now in Jesus' name as we lean into this message, God, as we focus in on this word, God, would you jump off the page and bring us in? Heavenly Father, speak to us through the resurrection now. We ask by your Holy Spirit for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The first point that I want us to see regarding this subject of cancellation is that Jesus cancels the sinner's debt. Jesus cancels the sinner's debt. I don't know, I thought I would hear an amen from the camera screen or something. I thought that the the camera screen would start shaking right now because of the surrounding amen that would follow that. Maybe you're not quite sure what that means. But the good news is, is that Jesus cancels the sinner's debt. We're gonna talk a little bit about what that means and what that looks like and how that applies to us. First off, in order for you to appreciate this type of point, you gotta recognize that you're the sinner that this point is talking about. Let me go ahead and show it to you. Luke chapter five, verse 32 says, Jesus talking, right? He says, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Why did Jesus come in the first place? This scripture answers it. He came to call, as you see there, the righteous, right? He came to call, no, not the righteous, but sinners, right? He came to call sinful people to repentance. Who's in that category of sinner? Well, Romans 3.23 teaches us that it's all of us. All have sinned 
and fallen short of the glory of God. At some point or another, you and I have missed God's glory, which puts us into the category of sinner, right? And so that's where we are. We, we find ourselves in Romans 3, 23, but Romans 6, 23 jumps ahead and keep, gives us more clarity. It says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That text teaches us that, that your sin and my sin requires a wage, that our sin requires a debt payment. Now, who is going to pay your sin debt of death? Well, you have to pay your debts. If you have a charge against you, if you have a debt against you, it's up to you to pay it unless somebody on your behalf says, yo, let me pay your debt for you. And oh, what a sweet sound it is when somebody says, hey, I wanna pay your charge. I wanna pay your debts so you don't have to pay them yourself. Friend, that's what Jesus does for us. Now, maybe you're thinking, prove it to me. I'd be glad to. Turn with me to Colossians chapter two, and we'll look at the NLT version first. The text says that you, yes, you and me, were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. It says that then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and, and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Friend, on the first ever Easter weekend, Jesus canceled our sin debt. Let me go ahead and highlight it on the screen for you, right? We see it highlighted. It says, he canceled the record of the charges against us. How good news is that, right? That, that is glorious news that, that your sin required a wage, and this wage, Romans 6 says, is death. And Jesus canceled the record of your wages. I like how the ESV translation says it. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, he set it aside and nailed it to the cross. Jesus took your record. It was on the bench in the courtroom, and Jesus said, give me that. I'm gonna set that aside. I'm gonna nail that to the cross that I'm gonna die on for you. I think about how that applies in my life and all the sin for my life that would have been on my record of debt, that my record of debt would be placed in front of a holy and righteous God and God would have opened up the first page, and then the second page, and the third page, and the fourth page, the fifth page, and the sixth page, the seventh page, and the eighth page, and the ninth page. My record of debt is long. Your record of debt is long. There's a lot of sin on my record, and I'm just going to go ahead and say there's, there's a lot of sin on your record too. There's a lot of sin on our record. What good news it is that Jesus says, give me that record. 
so I can nail it to the cross. It's what our Savior does for us. On the first ever Easter weekend, Jesus canceled our sin debt. He, he went up on the cross. See, on the cross, in this time of crucifixion, they would always nail above the person being crucified the reason why they were being put to death and executed. So in fact, you'll find in John's gospel in chapter 19 that Jesus, when he was being placed on the cross, they nailed above him the king of the Jews. They were saying that he committed blasphemy, that he committed a sin, and, and that sin was required for him to pay the consequence, and that consequence was death, and the people chose to crucify him. Right? And Jesus says, yeah, not only that, but above his cross is also a, a debt record that has my name on it. That above Jesus on the cross is a debt record that has your name on it. And man, praise God that he cancels our debt. That's, that, that's great love. That is miraculous love. That is amazing grace type of love. Billy Graham, the famous preacher, once said, the cross shows us the seriousness of our sin, but it also shows us the immeasurable love of God. Amen? Right, the cross shows us, wow, this is serious right now. Let's lean in. And at the very same moment, it shows us the immeasurable. You can't measure this type of love. My sin debt is too long. Here's what the ESV study Bible says. ESV says that in the Greco-Roman world, the record of debt was written, a note of indebtedness. Paul uses this as a word picture to characterize each person's indebtedness to God because of sin. God himself has mercifully resolved this problem for all who put their faith in Jesus by taking this note and nailing it to the cross where Jesus paid the debt. Continues, the image comes from the notice fastened to a cross by the Roman authorities declaring the crime for which the criminal was being executed. Again, I just want you to see the imagery before we move past this point because it's important that daily, yes, daily, maybe hourly, maybe every minute, we would do well to remember that Jesus canceled our sin debt. That would, that would bring relief to your soul. C.J. Mahaney writes in his book, The Cross-Centered Life, he says, a cross-centered life is made up of cross-centered days. That we should have days that we just take moments to meditate on what happened on the cross. Amen? Jesus Christ canceled our Sin debt, that amazes me today. But not only did he cancel our sin debt, oh, my friend, he, he goes on from there with more cancellations. He cancels the grave, right? Jesus cancels our sin debt, and he says, I got more work to do. Get out of my way, Satan. You can't block this right here, Roman guards. You can't block this, Pontius Pilate. You can't block this tombstone, I'm going to cancel the grave. Who do you know that can say, yeah, the grave, I canceled that? Jesus Christ can. 
We see it in Matthew chapter 28, this beautiful picture on the first ever Easter. This is how the text reads. The angel said to the woman, do not be afraid. Oh, receive that, please. The angel of the Lord, through this text, speak to your heart in this season and say, do not be afraid. For I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He goes, I know who you're seeking. I get it. But he's not here. He says, he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where he lay. Then go quickly, tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. This angel introduces a beautiful headline, doesn't he? This angel stops and steps in and says, listen, here's who you're looking for. I know it, you're looking for Jesus. But he's not here. In a day and age where headlines are are bombarding our social media, are bombarding our phones, are bombarding our timelines. Uh, Jesus says, I got some headlines too, right? He says, hey, here's one. I'm not in the grave anymore. In fact, when I was studying this, God began to teach me, there's headlines all around the Bible. The Bible is filled with these headlines that should be filling our hearts, This moved me so much so that I just felt the Lord encourage us to start a new series next week here at Walk Church. We're going to call it Headlines. We're going to do a new series that we're titling Headlines, and we're going to be surveying the Bible. We're going to be identifying these headlines that need to be louder and bigger and bolder than any headlines that this world has to offer in this day and age. Let God's voice be strong and true and on time for me and you. Amen? Right here it says the headline, Jesus canceled the grave. Death could not hold him down. We just sang about that. We have a living hope. Death couldn't contain the Son of God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Check these verses out. Maybe they'll help you. It says, Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these. Jesus was the God-man, 100% God, 100% man. He, He shared in these very real emotions and attributes so that through his death, he might destroy the one thing holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. A beautiful verse here that tells us that Jesus, not only did he cancel the grave, he, in this text he says he's canceling Satan, he's canceling the devil who was holding a slavery of fear over your life. It says that Jesus destroyed death. He destroyed the power of death. He destroyed the sting of death. Hundreds of years before that, Jesus prophesied this, right? It happened through the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 25 verse 8 says that he will swallow up death forever. Come on, wherever you're at right now, I want you to repeat these words after me. Make the person in the kitchen uncomfortable. Go ahead and repeat them. Ready? One, two, three. He will swallow up death forever. That's what's happening here on Easter Sunday. Jesus is swallowing up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away all tears. 
He will remove forever all insults and mockery against his land and people. The Lord has spoken. Jesus says, I know it was Friday, and the mockery and the slander and the shade and the hate was all upon him. But you can't stop at Friday. Sunday is coming. And on that Sunday, Jesus cancels the grave. What a king and what a Lord. He not only uh, canceled the grave, he, he took away the power of the grave. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, it says that if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. The word futile just means pointless. It means in vain. It's if Jesus Christ didn't cancel the grave, we're in trouble. If Jesus Christ didn't really get up out of that grave and walk his way out, my friend, we're still in our sin and we still have to finish paying our debt. See, Jesus paid the debt on the cross, but when he rose from the grave, it was the very picture that the check cleared. It was the very picture that God said, I approve this payment, right? The payment cleared when Jesus rose from the grave. If he doesn't rise, friend, we're, we're still in our sin. Our faith is in vain. In fact, if Jesus didn't rise, let's go ahead and turn this off right now and do something else. But I want to encourage you that there is no greater act in the history of the world that's more attested to with reliability, with transparency, and with trustworthy credibility than the resurrection of Jesus. That the resurrection of Jesus is a historical act and a historical fact and we can rest assured that our Savior canceled the grave. I like how 1 Corinthians 15 verse 55 speaks of it. The author quotes this hymn. He says, O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. Come on, say it with me. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus doesn't just cancel the grave. He cancels my grave. He cancels your grave. How cool is it? How amazing is it? How startling is it that Jesus cancels your sin debt? He cancels the grave you would have stayed dead in. He rises us up to this new life. In this final point, not only does Jesus cancel the grave, but friend, Jesus cancels the sinner's inability. Now that might not make sense right now, but hopefully just give me a couple minutes and the fog might clear a little bit. Jesus cancels the sinner's inability. He starts by, by canceling our debt. If we have this big debt on us, we're never gonna be free. So he cancels our debt and he cancels the grave to confirm that the debt was paid for. And now he cancels our inability. See, when we had this big debt on us, we couldn't move. When we had the grave before us, we couldn't be the men and women of God that he's called us to be. There's a, a blockage. I mean, some of you know this well. 
You, you could try hard to live the Christian life, but you'll fail every time. See, the Christian life is never about trying daily. The Christian life's about denying daily. The Christian life is saying, look, I am not able. That's why all throughout the Bible, God says, I'm able. God is actually looking for who's available, less for who is able, because in fact, we have a very real inability. I looked up this word inability. The definition is unable to do something. What are we unable to do? Left to ourselves, we're unable to follow Jesus the way he calls us to follow him. Left to ourselves, we're unable to live the Christian life he's called us to live. If it's just us without a resurrected Savior, we don't have the ability to live out God's word. We don't have the ability to repent from sin. Right? The Bible is clear on this issue. Romans chapter 3, verse 10 and 12 tell us that it is written that none is righteous. No, not one. Maybe you're thinking, well, there is this one person. That person isn't righteous. Christ alone is righteous. Nobody always makes the right decision at the right time the right way. That's what righteousness is. Only Jesus has done that, my friend. No one understands. No one seeks for God. The text tells us that all have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. We don't possess the power of the resurrection in us. We need that done for us. We don't have the ability. And if that's a spoiler alert for you, you're welcome. Because that very reality saved my life. When I realized, you know what, I'm not, I'm not the Savior. I'm not the strongest. I, basketball can't save me. Myself can't save me. I, I, I'm unable. That made me look to the one who is able. And oh, he is good and true and, and big. Romans 5, 6 tells us that while we were still helpless, let me go ahead and tell you, you couldn't help yourself. And there's not enough self-help books on the market that could help you either. You need a savior. You need a, a king who can die for your sin and cancel your debt, can go into the grave and cancel your grave, and then apply that same power that he used to do all that to your heart into your life. And my friend, that's exactly what our Jesus does for our helpless state. Let's keep on going to Romans 8, right? Romans 5 leads into Romans 8, verse 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, come on, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, bring it back now, y'all, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus, don't miss this, that same spirit dwells in you <laughs> he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you this scripture affirms that it was the very spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead and that same spirit dwells in us don't miss the fact that the same spirit that entered into the tomb that first ever Sunday rose Jesus up from the grave, the Spirit of Christ, now lives in us. 
the Apostle Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was, was similar to Las Vegas in our day. And we find the Apostle Paul praying in Ephesians chapter 1. He's saying, I pray, I also pray that you will understand. If you're watching this right now, I just want to pray these words over you. I'm praying that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Right, Paul's writing to the Romans and he's saying, be reminded that that same spirit lives in you. He's writing to the Ephesians. He's saying, I'm praying that you guys will get it. I'm praying that you won't just click off right now. I'm praying that this just won't be a checkbox Easter service, but this would be a transformational Easter service. Your debt has been canceled. Your grave has been canceled. Your inability is being canceled as you put your faith in this type of Savior. Right? Watchman Nee, this great revivalist and writer on the Christian life, once said, our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. What's our new history? Our new history is saying that Jesus canceled our inability and he's given us his ability. Come on, let me show it to you one more time. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. I know I'm showing you a lot of scripture, but let's eat from it today. Let's not just have an appetizer. Come on, on this Easter Sunday, let's have a full course meal of God's word. Ephesians three twenty says, now to him who is able. He cancels our inability, but yet he still is able. What's he able to do? Well, he's able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think. He's saying even if you couldn't ask it, even if you just thought it, he could do that. According to what? According to the power that works within us. What power is within us? The power that's within us is the same power that, that woke Jesus up, the, the same power that raised Jesus up. And so I want to encourage you, if there is if there's sin in your life, that for whatever the reason, you just can't get past. Here's what you need to hear today. You need a deeper experience of the resurrection of God. If there's sin that you're just like, man, I just can't, I just can't step over the line. I just can't gain victory over it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Look at me. Yes, you can. Because Jesus claimed victory over the grave in your inability you are able to get past anything in life because of the resurrection of Christ in you and through you. That's how the Apostle Paul can say, I can do all things through Christ right, who lives in me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because the one that's strengthening you conquered the grave, my friend. And that is good news for our soul. I never get tired or bored at hearing people's stories who have moved from death to life. In fact, recently I sat down with a brother in our church. His name is Chris, and he began sharing with me how he has a story of rescue, how Jesus took him from death to life, how Jesus conquered his debt and, and, and canceled his grave and canceled his inability, and he's now walking in 
Christ. And I thought it would be cool that we hear his story together. So why don't you tune in with me right now into his story. My name is Chris Pankow. I'm from California. I grew up there uh, till I was 27. I grew up in an abusive household, and both my parents were on and off Christians. So growing up, Christianity seemed like kind of a joke to me. I moved to Vegas about two years ago, and it was really to get away uh, as an escape from just uh, being in a really dark place. I had just gotten out of a, a five-year relationship with somebody. Uh, there was just some really deep betrayal that left me in, in just um, shambles. My, my life was in shambles. And uh, first few months, I was just out here lonely. Um, and then my mom came to visit, and she wanted me to go to church. And normally, I, I'd just say no. But um, I just didn't have the strength to fight her this time. I was just, OK, I'll go to church, mom. And it was the one weekend she was here, and, I, and she took me to walk church. And there, um, I met this guy named Jason. and. Uh, my mom left, but Jason kept blowing up my phone, and he kept inviting me to hang out with him. And I, I knew this guy wanted me to come to church, but so I ignored him for a while. And uh, after a while, you know, I agreed to go to dinner, and we just started hanging out. I started to open up about some of the things that had happened in, in, in the past and uh, some of the, the hurt that, that I've um, experienced. And one of my brothers uh, prayed a really powerful prayer over me, and he, he prayed that I would feel the love of the Father and that was a really um, foreign concept to me. I didn't, I didn't know what that meant. Um, I didn't even know what it meant to, to have a relationship with Jesus or um, with the Father. And I remember there was, there was um, just a, a few weeks later, uh, one day I was just laying in bed and I was just reflecting on how, how I had come so far in such a short period of time, how I had healed so much in my heart, how, how these people, um, had, had just been there for me and, and were such a warm presence. And I realized that was the love of Jesus that I felt through them. Um, these people who were walking with Jesus, um, that was the love of the Father that I felt, just, just how he, he mended my heart, um, how he brought me from, from so far away and he brought me back. And um, even though I felt that love through, through community, I realized I needed to have a direct relationship with him, to, to pursue him and to, to seek Him and to, to know Him. And um, so I put my faith in Jesus. And just everything, everything seemed to make sense um, in, in a life that just for the longest time felt like it didn't make any sense. And, and now everything just felt like it made sense. A few months later, I felt like the Lord was calling me to get baptized. Um, it was something that had been talked about for a while and the timing just felt right. And so I got water baptized in November and I've been walking with the Lord since, and I, it's, I can't even explain the amount of joy that I've, I've felt just, just walking with the Lord. Um, I, I think for the longest time, I felt like there was, there was just a void that, that couldn't be filled. I didn't think it could ever be filled, and, and here I was, it, the void was filled, and it just, just all these colors and flavors that the Lord brought into my life that I, I didn't know existed, um, you know, it was like, it was like I was living in a, a black and white picture and it came, came to life to, to a color film, uh, live action film that I'm living in, in, the best possible one. And now I, um, I'm doing what I can to, to serve, um, just wherever the Lord leads me. I've been, uh, I'm, I'm a youth leader now at, at Walk Youth. I've, uh, I help with the, the teardown at church. I, um, 
with a couple couple brothers, uh, we, we we felt called to start a uh, fitness ministry uh, called Forge. So we um, we're about faith, family, and fitness, and and just uh, forging forging our our bodies and our hearts for the Lord, and really just reciprocating the love that I felt from Jesus and and showing that to to other people. I mean, there there was I remember a distinct moment in time when I just. I thought to myself, you know, I'm so messed up. I can never come back from this. Like, and um, there's there's nothing that could heal me from this. I can't, I can't love people. I can't trust people. Um, but here I was. It, it just, I had found a place where I, I could love again. I could trust people again. And and I want to encourage anyone watching this that if you're if you're feeling like you have a void or, or you're going through a dark time. That the Lord can fill that void. The Lord can can call you out of that darkness. He can He can raise you into the light, just like He did with me. And when I look back over my life, I just feel like my whole life's been a rescue story. He He can rescue you too. Um, he's mighty to save. And I hope you you will just experience the love of the Father because it will change your life. How about that right there? That's a powerful testimony of the resurrection of Christ still being made real and true today. In 2020, Jesus is still resurrecting men and women like you and me. I'll close this time with a quote by a pastor and scholar named R. Kent Hughes. Kent Hughes writes to us and he says, the great Easter truth is not that we are to live newly after death. That is not the great thing. But that we are to be new here. Not so much that we are to live forever as that we are to and may live nobly now. We are resurrected now. We need to allow this truth to saturate our beings so it will empower us to live honorably today. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Chris shared it in his testimony. Today, this could be your story too, that the resurrected king can resurrect you. That the great truths of Easter Sunday is not just that Jesus resurrected almost 2,000 years ago. The great truths of Easter Sunday is that he can resurrect you today. He can resurrect us today. And even take hope that he can resurrect our city, our nation, our world, our economy, our lives. He can resurrect all things because he conquered the grave. There's nothing bigger and badder than that. And yet our God claims victory over it. Today, if you need to enter into a personal real, authentic, right relationship with this Jesus who canceled our debt. Maybe you re recognize your debt is long and you haven't had it canceled. Well, Jesus is open to you today. His, his hands are still bloody and can still save and, and, and forgive you and cancel your debt. His blood is true for you today. His cross is available to you today. Maybe today you recognize that you're still in the grave, that you haven't came up out of the grave yet, and you're, and, you're, and you're ready to go with him into the newness of life. You're ready to start walking this life out with purpose and passion. He's available. Maybe today 
you're tired of being enabled and you're ready to surrender and get the ability of Jesus in your life so that the resurrection lives through you. I wanna give you an opportunity right now. It starts with prayer. It starts with talking to God and doing business with him. I wanna lead you in this time of prayer right now. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ's name, we come before you. And we pray with faith that you, Jesus, would go beyond a screen and enter into the hearts and minds and invade every part of every person watching this right now. That maybe there would be somebody right now who needs to repent and turn from their sins and turn to him who is able. Right now, you can call upon his name. Just say, Jesus, I believe. Jesus, I receive. Jesus, I ask you to save me. Jesus, I ask you to heal me. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. Cancel my debt. Cancel my grave. Cancel my inability. I'll walk with you. I'll walk in you. And finally, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with that same power that rose Jesus from the grave. For his glory and our joy, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.